Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open all the time, making hot, fresh food. Ramon, what's going on? Happy Tuesday to you. Man, happy Tuesday. Are you having tacos today? Is that a thing still? I'm not. I'm having ah. this uh, this little manufactured loaf in a bag. <laughs> They don't so have manufactured sad. loaf in a bag day, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Would that be a Monday? We'll call that a Monday. <laughs> Monday manufactured loaf in a bag day. Yeah, man. Mona, every day right now at Steelers training camp uh-huh. is George Pickens slash Calvin Austin day. Oh. It certainly would appear that the football team has found a couple of real weapons in these guys, doesn't it? It does. Like you said, that's that's the word every day. Uh, we talked to our producer, on-site guy, uh, uh, Eddie Provident, about it. And he's just saying, like, every day they're doing something special. They're doing something. You check social media. There's the oohs and the ahs of the things that they do. And honestly, I think it's a little bit of the surprise of what they're actually doing, too. You got to think. George Pickens come out with the ACL and got to make sure that he's healthy. And you find out, oh, this guy is just different. And then Calvin Austin's situation, like his official height, DK listeners, five, seven, and three fourths. That's not supposed to look unique or dynamic on the football <laughs> field, right? No. <laughs> That's a walking pedestrian. That's usually not a guy you find on the football field in the NFL camp making these type of headlines and, you know, making the plays that he is. And you expect him to be fast, but he's still getting away from guys as, I hate to say, as small as, as, as what do we say, vertically challenged as he is. Um, and you don't expect that to, to be the case in the NFL's uh, uh, training camp. No, you don't. But uh, here's the thing that jumps out to me about both of those guys uh, mm-hmm. in, in watching them up there, Moan. More than anything else, and I, I sometimes, you know, you can get a little bit too caught up when you've been covering sports a long time like I have in yeah. little particulars and this and that and whether it's baseball, hockey or football. Right. And. Sometimes you're better off just backing off and saying that individual right there can do things that other people can't. Yeah. And just forget the rest. Okay. In baseball, it's someone who can just swing the bat with more force than someone else or throw the ball harder. In hockey, it's just raw speed or you know or strength or something that you just see them do yeah. where you go okay that right there and it doesn't go into a slump either right when i see pickens and his you mentioned the word vertical his vertical. Ver, well he is not vertically challenged no okay in addition to being 64 or whatever he is he goes up but he also contorts and twists and does crazy things to conjure the ball showing up in his hands and you're like what was that how did he do that calvin austin for just breakaway speed blurring speed he's pulling away yeah he's pulling away from secondary guys moan i if i'm matt canada i'm having a very hard time keeping these individuals off the field and that's actually the thing that i that i most wanted to ask you about today was like, yeah. what do you do there? Because you do have other players. You you do exactly as you said, DK. You find a way to put them on the field. You challenge but encourage those types of guys that have this type of athletic ability, 
this type of playmaking capability. Also, DK, and I'm looking at a photo now of of, uh, of George Pickens go up and catch the ball. This isn't a, a a body catch. This is a hand catch. This is a guy that knows that, look, I am bigger than you. I My hands are big enough to control this ball. You're going to swipe down when I go up. Or when, you're going to swipe up when I come down. No, I'm trained for this. So you're, you're right, DK. I'm a little cautious about throwing a quarterback out there to your original question. These guys, I'm putting them out there because the more reps they get against the bodies of a defender, the better they're going to get at, the better understanding that they're going to have as far as when to break, what my body is going to do on this turf, what I need to do against this guy. That picture I saw of, of Calvin Austin stopping catching the ball, breaking, and breaking away from Terrell Edmonds. That says, look, I can do something with that if I get him to understand the game of football. And that's what you do with those two young guys, DK. Yeah, that, it's 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 game-breaking capabilities that they have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, I don't want to go too far here. Neither of them has suited up in anger once right, yet. Right. Or did it okay. for a long amount of time throughout training camp. Or played through injuries or been, you know, covered in a certain way or whatever. So I don't mean to get ahead of anything here. I'm just talking about the opportunities that need, I think, to be presented to them. Now, we're going to see that in the preseason. And with Deontay Johnson doing his hold in, it actually creates some of those right off the bat. Okay. But... Deontay's going to come back. He's not yeah. sitting out. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Okay. No. One way or another, he's going to play football this fall. Mm-hmm. So Deontay's going to be out there. Chase Claypool's going to be out there. Miles Boykin has very quietly had a That's good camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. No one talks about him. Okay. Yep. Uh, Anthony Miller has gotten yep. a little bit of buzz, but Anthony Miller is another guy. Now, Anthony Miller is your classic support role. Yeah, special teams, whatever else here, but maybe he'll be more. But my point is, there are a lot of bodies at that position, and I don't. Yes, I, I just don't want them to get buried, is what I'm saying. No, and you know what? I don't necessarily think they will because this is you, you say all that, DK. But you've been around the game for a while, and I have too. You've seen talent when you're just like, oh. This guy is different. And I feel like that's what we're saying. We're speaking about Calvin Austin and George Pickens is they're just different. Again, they got to grow. They got to take their lumps. They got to find their ways how to survive and be pros. That's the next thing. Like these are controlled settings to where the coach can set you up against this play against this type of defense. You got to go make plays when it comes to the actual being inside a stadium. When it comes to times to, hey, this is what our game time routine is. We might not come to you in the first half of the game. What are you still going to do throughout the game? And that's that growth that we need. But just overall, DK, you got to be excited about the playmaking ability of this wide receiver group, starting with those two young guys. And like you say, Miles Boykin, that's that in itself is five. The two rookies, Miles Boykin and the two veterans that's already been there, Chase Claypool and Deontay. Tell me, okay, and I know there's probably a better group out there, but who has that that much optimism about that receiving court? It ain't the Colts. It's not Uh, the Jags. You know, it's not many. It's It's the Bengals. Bengals have it. Yeah, Bengals, and and I'm, and, and I, without getting into a whole going through all thirty-two teams, I I, I see what you're saying. The Steelers have I'm options saying? in depth. I, I guess where the Steelers might fall off in that discussion is the one, and especially the two. Well, yeah, okay. Meaning, De- Deontay is he a true one? We've been talking an awful lot about that. Uh, you know, 
Claypool, he, he knows what he wants to be, and here's hoping that he is. But I'll tell you this, Moan, and, and we have to cut the break here. This, this team has options at wide receiver options. that can help to mitigate the uncertainty yes, of the offense and the uncertainty at quarterback. Yes, sir. That alone should be reassuring to fans. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to look at that defensive line. Ramon out in Latrobe, Omar Khan met with reporters for the first time in camp. Not a lot of news came out of it. He acknowledged having conversations with Deontay's agent. Now, who knows what kind of conversations those could be. And he was asked <laughs> if there's any area of the team that he'd like to add to. And his response, and, and I'm going to give it to you verbatim, was overall, I feel really good about the 90-man roster that we have. If there's an opportunity to upgrade a position, somebody comes available through the waiver wire, somebody calls about a player shopping, obviously you're going to look at it. Injuries come into play, but overall, I feel really good about our roster. Now, that's a very, very vanilla response. Oh, yeah. But it's also, to be honest, it's, it's the kind of response that you want. You know, yeah. it's 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 not saying, hey, here, this yeah. situation or that situation is something that we're really worried about or looking to add to. Uh, is the defensive line an area of concern? I'm asking you because you have Larry Ogunjobi, who Omar right. swears is just fine and we're just being careful with him. You have Tyson Alulu with the knee injury. You have Cam, who's magically still performing at his very you peak. better make sure you say it like that too <laughs> at age 34 right okay but would you have concerns if you were omar uh not necessarily man because they have a good rotation of guys at that position too and they got some youth sprinkle into it also larry o cam and tyson are the guys we're gonna you know just point out at all times and also chris wormley we can't forget to throw him in that in that pile of veteran guys but there's some dudes sacks Seven sacks. Come on, man. Yeah. There's there's some guys that 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 have played in this group too that have done pretty well. Um, of course, the the Davis brother, Carlos, for sure, being a guy that's played a good bit, knows the system, and the expectations are high. I, I love the fact that they're honestly pitting him against his brother. You know, I don't know how this is gonna shake out or what it's gonna look like, but there, he's not the only one that's pitted against his brother. I don't know what they were thinking, but just Montrevis Adams. Like, what, what What? exactly are we doing, man? I. It's enough DK to where I do feel comfortable enough going into the season. Cam never really comes off the field. Tyson's got to be a little bit hungry, but you also, his position is a nose tackle, not necessarily deep tackle. So his position is, look, we're going to sparingly throw him in, let him do his job as far as stopping the run, and hopefully everything holds up for him as far as the knee reconstruction or, what was it, knee? Yeah, it was knee reconstruction. And Larry Ogunjobi, if Omar said he's fine, if I know that training staff the way I know that training staff, they're going to guide him into playing well. So, it's good. Plus, the parts around it, DK. We're, we're speaking about this. We talked about Miles Jack and, and friggin' Devin Bush yesterday just no, looking different. A, yeah, there's a support staff. The guy who makes me feel the most comfortable with Who's the defensive that? line is Montrevious Adams. Is it? Don't don't misunderstand that. I'm not saying he's the best guy. He actually shouldn't even be starting if you have all the pieces <laughs> together, okay? Yeah, oh, yeah. But just his presence yeah, allows me to believe that there won't be a Minneapolis part two this year. Okay. Where you say, all right, 
no one is going to do that Dalvin Cook thing again. No yeah. one's going to just be able to just gash, gash, gash. You're going to find a solution. You're going to have something available to you if everything goes wrong. Let me ask you this. Okay. Omar didn't bring this up either in that same context, but running back? Come on, another running back? You're not going to go Benny Snell on me here, are you? I am, DK, because oh, you I, are. I am. Uh, because what, what running backs are you willing to go sign after camp that's actually going to play a role for you? Let's this is see. The thing about, but that's this the beauty the, of the preseason. Nah. Who are the biggest stars of the preseason every Listen year? It's me. always a bunch of running backs. Well, you know what's going to happen, DK? Those guys hmm. going to be special teamers. They won't be ball toters. Okay, that's unless you already have a one two punch at that position, those guys going to be frigging special team guys or they're going to get in when number three is out and number two is Benny Snell. Okay, so unless you're signing for special teams that DK, there is really no real reason to go get a guy. Of course, I'm not championing Benny Snell, but. He knows this system. He's four years in. Jeremy McNichols is the guy that they sign right now that's in camp if we want to throw that out. And the fact that Anthony McFarlane is still on this roster. So you're not going to go get a day one starter in, in free agency. And most of the time, let's be real, Baltimore takes all the running backs anyway. So, no, we're good. Yeah, this, this is true. I just – I don't want a day one starter. Well, I want like D'Angelo Williams part two. Okay, like I I want the sequel to D'Angelo when he came in and the impact that he had. And it was significant on your offense, as well as I should be obliged to add the fact that the offensive line brilliantly adjusted to the different paces of the two running backs for whom they were blocking. End of disclaimer. From yesterday, (laughs) you've been an offense racist. Okay, a major defensive supporter. All right. (laughs) It's about time you gave us offensive players our flowers. You're welcome. Thank you, okay? And you're welcome. (laughs) I don't even want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) When we come back, it's the only segment that matters, the Hey Moan segment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the only segment that matters. It's the Hey Moan segment. For that, my man Patrick from South Carolina is here at our headquarters and shop downtown, and I'm going to turn the big mic over to him. Hey. Don't be nervous. He doesn't fight. He's exactly <laughs> the only We got Pat. We gotcha. have Pats from the South Carolina, South Kakalaki. I've heard South that term. Yeah, there we right. go. What's up, Patrick? Uh, not much, Ramon. I just uh, I couldn't wait to come Pull down Pull the mic down and- a little bit. Couldn't wait to get down here and, uh, you know, see this place. I've been, you know, I've been part of the app for such a long time. I tell Thank you, it's you. kind of neat to be here. Uh, I just saying you do an amazing job, uh, you Thank know, you, for sir. DK to identify like when you were in actually still playing football and he just knew that yeah. you would be amazing at this type of thing. You, you are amazing at this. Don't give DK too much credit today, man. He'll hear this and start playing this as a headliner <laughs> clip. We don't need those problems, but Patrick. The, the credit goes all to you. He just recognized <laughs> the talent. But I, I just I did want to ask you a question. I found something I was kind of uh, amazed to see. Not amazed to see, but I mean, I knew you were that kind of talent. But uh, so I guess I should start with, hey, Moan. Yes, sir. How do you feel that according to the pro, pro, uh, pro football reference, the average value or the yeah. average value, I think they call it. You yeah. literally are one of the top 50 Steelers of all time. Really? So I just was curious as to how you might feel about that. I didn't know if you ever heard that before. 
No, Patrick, you're the first one to actually tell me about that. Well, let me say this. I, I, it, it's hard. You hear me stuttering already. I don't take, <laughs> I, I don't take compliments like super easy. So it's kind of uneasy for I me to, you, you know, know you hear it. Uh, but that, that in itself for me, man, is a huge honor. And I'll say this in my time in playing, I didn't know what I was getting myself into as far as a career. I just knew I had to go hard. I knew I had to practice every day. I knew every day I walked on that field. I had to give him my all because I was an undrafted guy because yeah. I thought of myself, I got to hide my deficiencies. And this is the other part too. And I, I think you guys appreciated how we played as a group was everybody held everybody accountable. Like the way Marquise held me accountable, the way I held him accountable, the way we held Marcus and Al and Dave and Beecham and everybody like we weren't ashamed to kind of call each other out and say, Hey, you need to do this. And that kind of, bred into me or just festered in me my entire career um i'm I'm actually delighted to kind of hear something like that for a guy that you know never had the pro bowl or the national accolades and everything that go along with it when you're a guy that's in my position you're trying to find a niche for yourself and you try to stay there and you try to really specialize in what you do and that's one of the things that I, i knew i needed to do Whatever I did good, I need to make sure I do that well. I need to make sure that I hide my deficiencies so that nobody can expose me to that. And um, I, I just took a lot of pride in that. To be a part of this organization, man, um, I had a lot of guys that I played with that said, you stay with one organization. And me personally, right. I didn't think nothing more of it. Um, but then they say, man, that's the Steelers. Man, that's one team. You always have a home to go to. And I've told DK this before. I've kind of said this before. The moment I knew I was going to leave that locker room, I, and this is even before I was retired or about to retire. I said, man, don't let them talk bad about me. And not (laughs) just for, you know, locker room presence, but just my play. I wanted to make sure that was a certain level. I wanted to make sure I was a great teammate. I wanted to make sure that I was a guy that held his own, despite however I came into the league, you know, and it's, it's funny you say that, uh, I actually had a conversation with Ben last week about, you know, him and Cam having stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not even in this locker room anymore and I still get these calls. <laughs> but it was kind of cool because that's just how I wanted to be as a teammate. But that's also how I wanted to play the game to where, look, I'm going to do my thing right. and I'm going to hold you accountable. And you better make sure you do that to me, man. Uh, again, we all get our praises and flowers in different type of fashions uh, for that to be on that site for me as far as one of the top 50 guys with the greats that have come through those doors and right. walked down right. that hill in Latrobe, man, that is a great honor. Patrick, I appreciate you uh, bringing that to my attention. Oh, that was fantastic. I, I noticed that and I looked for you on there because I listened to you and I'm like, where's Ramon? And, you know, I, I know your teammates and coaches appreciate you. I know the fans did too, because I mean, that you five guys were just, that line was just amazing. So thank um, you. I still have time. Patrick, you know, go ahead. DK's back when, there. He was cackling back there in the back. Oh, damn, he's the boss. He's the boss. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Well, run he told me to go ahead. Show anyway. Well, way, way back at the beginning okay. of the Ramon Foster show, you were teasing a question that never got answered as far What's as I, I – you were saying that uh, – what was it? Mike, Coach T would not look James Harrison in the eye. And we were going to talk about that someday. And that Sunday said, has never come. Something about <laughs> something about Coach T not no. looking James Harrison, making eye contact with James Harrison. No, uh, listen to me. I probably said that may have been a lie as far oh. as that goes. No, listen no. to me. You've ever seen Coach T's eyes? Okay, 
he opens them up. Oh, no, yeah. I, I probably laughed and was more or less like, whoa, no, I've never heard that before. He didn't have oh, an okay, issue right. with addressing anything. Hey, listen, <laughs> if that was the case, we'd have ran right over Coach T. And I, I don't think that's the case. I saw somebody yesterday actually say uh, Miles Jack, who's an outsider. That's one thing we also yeah. did in camp, man. Pretty much said they get down in Pittsburgh as far as the way you work. And you know, a lot of people criticize Coach T for how he's perceived interacting with his players. But the one thing that we did there is work. I don't know how, Patrick, he got us to drink the Kool-Aid, but we drank it. He's incredible. Pittsburgh's lucky to have him. Yeah, and and so um, that's the way I've always just kind of looked at him like, nah, Coach, oh my gosh, if James was able (laughs) to run him over, then boy, ooh-wee. Yeah, no, that wasn't the case right there. Okay. Uh, Hey, Ramon, I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a great show. You too, Uh, man. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. All right. Man, could you imagine that? Patrick was awesome. DK, you're fired. Told you already. You keep getting up. I I just keep getting fired like every day. Somehow you keep coming back. I know. (laughs) Like the cockroach in nuclear winter, baby. (laughs) Let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. I'm with it, DK. (laughs) I got one.